0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast, eight times a week. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. This is the Week 11 Sunday Night Recap. You're probably listening on Monday morning. Excited to break it all down with the Super Friends. Uh, before we do that, just a reminder, if you like the show, if you've been hanging around and listening for a while... Throw us a little uh, review on the old Apple Podcast app, the Purple app. You just scroll down on the podcast, hit the five-star, and you can type in a review. And if you leave a great question, we'll probably get to it on the air. Uh, on our Monday Night Football Recap, we always answer a couple, do the same thing on the Brady Quinn Football Show. The latest reviews have been hilarious, so we really appreciate them. It means a lot to us. Now, let's get into some football. Joining me as I do every Sunday night, Ryan Wilson, John Breach, Sean Wagner-McGuff. How you doing, fellas? I will. What's up? So I have a question
1: that I have. To, I just want to make clear. Is this the Sunday night recap show or is this the Mitchell Trubisky
0: just got benched emergency podcast? Ooh, good question. We should have done like an emergency like two-minute podcast in the fourth quarter of the Bears game where we just laughed at Sean for like two and a half minutes.
1: <laughs> but we'll do that in this podcast anyway. So,
0: By the way, Ryan, I just want to point out in the 400th time in the last six months. Your nonverbal cues that you do on the on our Skype that we when we do doing this recording, don't show up on the audio. Like When you give a thumbs up and everybody's waiting for you to say hi, it doesn't show up. No one hears it. No one sees it.
2: I'll be honest. I don't like when you introduce us and they say, how are you doing, guys? Because then we have the inevitable awkward pause, and then John says something stupid like, hi, Will. So at this point, we all know each other. Let's just get to it.
3: I, I'm with you. And also sometimes at least like all three of us saying something all at once. And like, it's not very organized, you know, like you could start better. You could script the beginning better. Like Andy Reid.
2: That's,
0: that's big... You're
2: Matt idea. Nagy in the beginning. You should be Andy Reid in the beginning.
0: Here's an idea. By the way, Ryan Wilson, if you've never seen it, looks a little bit like Matt Nagy. We want to summer advisor.
1: Yeah. And his life is falling apart like Matt Nagy season.
0: <laughs> uh, uh, John, you are my Mr. Trubisky. We, oh, too far. <laughs> we'll get to the Bears in a minute. Before we do that, though, because that would be it would be disrespectful to the game of football and the MVP leader right now. To start with the Chicago Bears and their trash team and trash season and trash quarterback and trash backup quarterback, trash fans and trash coach. No, no, no. We're going to start with the Ravens first because the Ravens were the story from the one o'clock games of Week Eleven. Lamar Jackson was unbelievable again. They won forty-one to seven easily. Covered the four and a half. The under hit, destroying the one of my best bets and the Pick Six podcast parlay for the eleventh consecutive week. Quite a run that we're on. We can't hit one parlay. Um, yeah, it should have gone over. It, it, you know, there's a. We'll get to the two missed field goals. Two two missed field goals and a non PI call. Did you have this in your best bets too? Yeah, I had the over. I shouldn't have known that. Uh, over two on parlays this week, uh, the pick six podcast was in fact in the second parlay, the money, the money line underdog parlay, both teams lost by like 50 points combined. So we got that going for us. Um, Ryan, is it time to name Lamar Jackson the in progress MVP? I've been on the Lamar Jackson train for weeks. I go on, um, saying on a a consensus basis, does everybody need to say shut up? Lamar Jackson's MVP. If it Just
3: ends. for the record, uh, we do our weekly MVP poll. Uh, the three of Breach, Brinson and I, um, and Dubin all put Russell Wilson ahead of Lamar. Ryan was the only one who had Lamar in, on, on Wednesday. Ooh. first Wednesday, So Take it away, Ryan.
0: For the record, part two, um, I told a radio station that I had Lamar first. And then, like, the thing came out. I was like, ah. and, well, I also told the radio station that, like, when you send out the email, I don't care, and I just slap something down and try to get it done as quick as possible. Well, that's just how you do your job in general, so. That's right. <laughs> anyway, Ryan, your thoughts on Lamar Jackson before Sean rudely interrupted you?
2: I was going to say, um, our guys, uh, Bob Haney and, and Vinny Serato, who uh, do radio in, in Baltimore, I, I go on there once a week and they now introduce me as Lamar Jackson's biggest fan. They know clear, good and well that I'm a Steelers homer, so they take great joy in doing that, but I own it. I, I absolutely love Lamar Jackson. I think if they if the um, Patriots had lost uh, Sunday night to the Eagles, I believe the Ravens would have now been the number one seed in the AFC, and that would have been huge, but honestly I don't think it matters at the end of the day. Lamar Jackson is playing with so much confidence. Um, I think most of us thought, that Deshaun Watson and the Texans would at least have a chance when they went there. They had absolutely no chance from the first kickoff. And um, probably the the most upsetting thing we saw from the Ravens was that uh, John's boy, Justin uh, Tucker, honked a field goal from 43 yards. I don't think he's missed one from 43 in a very, very long time. Other than that, the defense is coming along. Matt Judon was harassing Deshaun Watson all day. And this is something that Pro Football Focus talks about a lot, and it gets people riled up. But they make the case, based on um, their stats and, and data, that defensive backs are more important than edge rushers. Yep. And I think we saw that in Baltimore. And I think, Sean, you tweeted this out. Marcus Peters might be the best uh, trade deadline acquisition that we've seen this season, and it may not even be close. And it, he's doing much more for Baltimore than Jalen Ramsey and those two first-round picks are doing for the Rams. Uh, so yeah, I'm all in on Lamar. I don't think that's changing anytime soon. He's uh, amaze balls, as the kids say.
3: Yeah, I don't want to undersell what Lamar did, but we kind of we knew Lamar could do this, and I think we all expected Lamar to actually do this. I think the surprising thing was Houston's complete offensive ineptitude, and I think that's the bigger takeaway. Ryan just kind of briefly mm-hmm. talked t- talked about it. I think it's this Ravens defense. I think this Ravens team before you could say maybe they have the most. Unique and explosive offense um, outside of maybe the Chiefs when Mahomes is healthy. But now I think you can say they might be the most complete team in football because the Patriots have a great defense. Their offense isn't very good. Uh, very similar with the 49ers, obviously. I don't know, obviously, if the Packers or defense hasn't looked quite the same. Rodgers hasn't looked great all year. You look at what this defense has done since September 29th. They gave up 40 points to the Browns. Like, that feels like a lifetime ago. Since that, in six games, they're allowing 16 points per game, um, which is incredible. And you look at the teams they played. One of them is the Patriots. The Seahawks were in that span as well. Um, And then, obviously, shutting down Deshaun Watson, who I think entered the day, I would say, third in the MVP race right behind Russ and and Lamar. And I really do think that Marcus Peters deal uh, does change the complexion of his defense because he went from... Los Angeles, which is not a great defense, and he was kind of expected to be the guy there with Talib hurt. Uh, and now he's joined a really good secondary where he doesn't have to be, just be that guy. And according to Pro Football Focus, um, he's only allowed 15 completed passes on 28 attempts um, into his coverage. That's only 53%. He's allowing 0.78 yards per coverage sack, zero touchdowns, and two interceptions, both of which uh, were returned for touchdowns. And that to me, it's just that's the trade that we're going to look back on maybe in February as what changed the the course of the NFL season. Uh,
0: by the way, you didn't mention that since they got they gave up forty to the Browns, they played Mason Rudolph, Andy Dalton, Russell Wilson, uh, Tom Brady, and uh, Ryan Ryan Finley and Deshaun Watson. So really, only like two good quarterbacks in the entire list. since Tom Brady's washed up? Um, the uh, <laughs> it's a Tom Brady joke. Nobody got that. Uh, I really quick uh, story. But you up. laughed at it. I, I laughed at it. Uh, I'll tell you guys this really quick story. So um, I have to do I, – I mean I enjoy doing each week the halftime show on CBS Sports HQ or 24-7 Streaming Sports Network. You watch Roku, wherever, um, uh, with uh, Pete Briscoe and Jamie Eisenberg at the 1 o'clock games. And we were doing the the Texans-Ravens uh, halftime thing. I said, look, I think there's a pretty good argument to be made that the Ravens are the most complete and best team in football right now. And Pete it cuts back to Pete and he goes – he makes his face. He goes, nah, I'm not ready to go there quite yet. Mm-hmm. Jamie Who's looks, this top team? Uh, no, Jamie looks at him and he goes, um. Hey, Pete. Who's the number one team in your power rankings this week? He goes the Ravens. <laughs> and he's like, I didn't say that. He's like, Princeton picked the Vikings to go to the Super Bowl, and like freaked out. I was like, What are you talking about? All I did was say the Ravens are probably the top team in football right now, and you agree, you senile old man. Um, I don't. I won't talk to him until next Thursday. So this Thursday. So I figured I'd rip him to you guys now. I thought that thought that would get another laugh. Okay, we got a, uh, tough this thing on. <laughs> well, uh, uh, breach. If, uh, if the Ravens and Patriots played in the AFC Championship game in New England today, tomorrow, who would you pick?
1: I would pick the Ravens all the way, hands down. I don't think that Bill Belichick or anyone on that sideline can figure out how to stop Lamar Jackson. I've never looked, I've never seen Belichick look so de- befuddled as he did when they lost that game a couple weeks ago. He had, he just had no idea what to do. You never see that out of them. And unless they do something again, we talked about a couple weeks ago, but like the chargers did in that playoff game last season, nobody has implemented that strategy yet. Nobody's tried it yet because as Brent was saying, it's probably because most teams don't have eight athletic enough, defensive backs to put in there where you can still tackle the running backs. Because if you put a bunch of DBs out there, you lose a lot of size, even though you gain speed. And that right now, that literally is the only way to slow down Lamar. We saw the Chargers do in the playoffs. No one else has tried it. So it will be interesting to see if some team does do it. I I think that teams don't care about regular season games enough to uh, maybe experiment. But when you get into a do-or-die situation, I think it's, it's I'll do whatever it takes to win this game. And that's what we saw the Chargers do. Uh, so I'll, it will be interesting to see if any team does that. But right now, Lamar Jackson is unstoppable. He's the MVP. Uh, I, unless the Ravens fall flat on their face, which I don't seem – it doesn't seem possible because the offense they run. You know, when you run the ball all the time, that's not something to go hot and cold. If Lamar has a bad game throwing it, they're still going to run for 250 yards. So it's like there's no way for this offense to kind of fall over itself. Uh, I'll be shocked if they don't finish as at least the two seed. And I wouldn't be surprised if they end up with the one seed.
0: Uh, you know who really likes Lamar Jackson? Mark Ingram.
2: P. front runner. If anybody else got to say something different about that, then come see me.
3: Yep. I'm right here in B-More outside the bank. If you got an issue with that, come see me. I'm about that.
2: Big trust.
0: Woo-woo. Lamar Jackson Big in the flesh.
1: Big. Yes, sir. Big,
0: Big.
1: <laughs> Big. trust.
0: No I'm else. with you. I'm with you. New Era 8 apparel. Well, that, was, that was Mark Ingram introducing
2: Lamar Jackson. And, hey, Brenton, you should play that this week when you talk to BMAC because BMAC went all in on Russell Wilson's and his curly hairdo uh, last week on HQ. So I don't know if he's changed his mind since this, but I know he was all about Russ.
0: And, by the way, uh, Deshaun Watson and uh, Lamar Jackson played in college against each other. Louisville and Clemson, incredible game, uh, put up a ton of points. Um, Deshaun won. And he pointed out after the game, too, that he believed that Lamar Jackson is also the MVP. He agrees with us. By the way, can I point out that, um, we uh, always love, keep, keep going, keep grinding, uh, wrote MVP on it. And, uh, you know, he's like a, he's like a brother to me, you know, I'm proud of him. Um, that's what I told him. And keep going, stay healthy, you know, keep, you know, leading this team. If you couldn't hear that because Ryan Wilson was talking over our sound, Mike, uh, what Deshaun Watson, don't worry, I me, what Deshaun Watson was saying was that he wrote, MVP, they swap jerseys afterwards. That's a thing in the NFL nowadays. He gave, he, he gave, I guess he gave his jersey to Lamar Jackson and then wrote MVP on his jersey to Lamar Jackson, which is a little weird because then you're like, I'm the MVP. You know what I'm saying? So maybe it's a subtle message. Um, do you think that Deshaun Watson's hopes of winning MVP are in the, uh, the old
2: outhouse, Ryan? By the way, that was my impression. Of Deshaun Watson that you heard, it wasn't a soundbite. So I think kudos to me for actually.
0: <laughs> hey, wait, one more before uh before we before we get to whatever you were gonna say. Uh, Mark Ingram did an on-field interview after the game, and it was freaking hilarious. He started yelling about blackjack. He was telling Mike, "You're a follower of NFL Network. He's like, telling him how to play blackjack, like when to sit, when to uh, stand, and when to hit." Blackjack, blackjack twenty-one out there, bowling! Hey, hey you know what you they think say? It? You sink it. Hey, double down on the ten. Double down. Pull the
3: ace. Ace. Blackjack twenty-one. You are. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are dead tonight Sounds though. like he's got that game all figured out
2: Yep, split aces and eights, we all know that
0: You guys are terrible tonight, you trash but
2: What I was going to say I, is that we like to crush Deshaun uh, Or that offensive line for the Texans for giving him a ton of sacks Deshaun Watson caused probably four of the six sacks that he took on Sunday Sacks What's that? Seven sacks Seven sacks, sorry so, oh, um,
3: actually.
1: But only six of them were on Deshaun Watson
2: but he's got to do a better job of that. The offensive line wasn't great, but, again, the, the Ravens' pass rush isn't, isn't destroying people week, week to week. Um, and I understand he's trying to make plays, but he's going to get himself killed, and we talk about that all the time. But for as elusive and as Lamar Jackson is in the sport, as much as he runs, knock on wood, he doesn't take nearly the hits that Deshaun Watson takes just on the sacks. Uh, and one last thing on Deshaun – or excuse me on Lamar, and this is a really fun fact. This is a seventh straight game with at least 60 rushing yards. That is the best all time in NFL history.
0: Mm. Yeah, he he's look, he's changed his game, not just in terms of passing, but in terms of how he runs from what it was last year. He avoids contact way more than he did last year, way more than he did in college, I think. Although maybe he was just faster than everybody in college. He just never got touched. He's faster than everyone now. Sure. I would point out that two uh, two plays really stood out to me. Um. They were the touchdown, the first two touchdown passes, and they were after penalties or after like a, something got them set back, or they were like second and thirteen or second and fifteen, and Lamar fired just casual calm, calm darts into the end zone, and they were so it was just it was perfect touch, perfect ball placement, uh, easy to catch. It couldn't be an interception. I, I'm just floored by his development as a passer, and it, it speaks. Look, credit to Greg Roman and, and John Harbaugh.
3: I was going to say, if I was a bad football team right now that was going to fire its coach and was looking for a new coach, I would hire Greg Roman, and Sean, are you talking about the Bears secretly? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would not be opposed to this. Um, I would hire Greg Roman, and I think you probably still draft a quarterback, but you know what you also do? You you sign Colin Kaepernick for cheap, because the San Francisco 49ers offense under Roman and Kaepernick was not this good, but they were still pretty damn good, and Kaepernick's uh, you know, declined where he wasn't as good in the final years to not come under Roman. And Roman also coached a pretty good offense, um, considering the personnel up in Buffalo with Tyron Taylor. So I think Roman is coaching his way into a head coaching job. And if you start looking around at candidates, I don't think you see a lot of obvious ones. And so I would I would think he probably um, is going to be on the short list on a lot of teams' lists.
0: Uh, by the way, really, really bad PR uh, – PR, P.I. call – non-call in this game. Um, it was a long pass down the field from Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson to DeAndre Hopkins. Um, on the play, Marlon Humphrey came flying over and grabbed Hopkins' jersey multiple times, spun him around, and then threw him to the ground as the ball was coming through. Hopkins, who is one of the five best receivers in football, if not one of the three best, whatever you want to say about it, um, he, was, he was mauled, and he didn't catch the ball. And Bill O'Brien, who had like a look about him, like I'm not going to challenge this because I mean, he's like I'm not going to challenge Pi anymore. I'm done doing it. And he's like, all right, I have to challenge this one. I it was like, fourth down. Yeah, it was it was a, it was on a third down play, right? Or was it was on a it fourth. It was fourth down. It was fourth down. Uh, right, right. I mean, you had to challenge. Like, and he got mauled. It was a it was it was it should have been ball in the one. Um He challenged it. It wasn't overturned. return. De- DeAndre Hopkins later tweeted, "As a leader in the NFL, we need someone new in New York deciding calls." I'm sorry, you watch these things and you just imagine Al Riveron, like I, like I I said on Twitter, like he's sitting there with like a little like coconut with a top cut off and it's like full of rum and some sort of like spice. Maybe there's like some little, um, uh, with nutmeg on top of the drink and he's a Mai Tai. Yeah. Maybe it's a Mai Tai. or Miami Vice, and he's sitting there with like his flip flops on, and like he's watching cartoons like Archer or something, you know, something, something silly, and like dumb. And his phone keeps ringing. And he's just like, it stands, it stands. He just screams, it stands over and over again. This guy, this is a joke. Like, this, this is And by the way, they actually overturned one in in Arizona, San Francisco, but it's a absolute joke that was pass interference. Ipso, like, they just. Clearly pass interference. It drives me nuts. It's, it's screwed up the game. The this would have been the easy, Go ahead, Ryan. I was going to say
2: Arizona pass interference. The guy literally ran into a wall and fell down. Like, oh, well, maybe that wasn't actually pass interference on his fault.
1: And this would have been the easiest catch of DeAndre Hopkins' life. He literally uh, got ripped down. There was no way this should not have been interference. The NFL, like, there are thousands of people – Nobody on Twitter unanimously agrees on everything, but everyone, even Ravens fans, agreed that this was interference. There's no other way to do this. If Al Riveron, if the justification for overturning something needs to be like a Twitter vote, I think that would be more reliable than Al Riveron at this point. So if you're listening, Roger Goodell, that is my proposal. Put every call to a Twitter vote.
2: Actually, uh, Dan Fouts, I think Dan Fouts called this game. Brinson always knows who called the game. But I think
0: it was it was the beard and the bird. All right. And Dan Fouts
2: they made this point, and it's actually a pretty good point. So, if the call had been reversed, if if John Harbaugh and, and Marlon Humphrey had been called for pass interference on any planet, is John Harbaugh throwing a flag saying, "Oh, he clearly didn't pass interfere with with uh, Dre Hopkins on that?" No,
0: yeah, that's no chance. Um, all right, let's move along to our next game: Eagles Patriots. Yeah, uh, Patriots cover. Patriots win, obviously seventeen to ten. They take care of, uh, Carson Wentz and company. Carson Wentz is actually the top fantasy performer, 13 points overall. Uh, the under hit easily. In fact, the, uh, first half under, the second half under, and the full game under all hit. Um, Tom Brady was so shockingly short after the game breach. He, uh, so for, so for instance, like if you want to look at one guy who, who talked after the game, there was Bill Belichick and he was, he was actually loquacious and funny. Tom Brady less so. Uh, Bill Belichick had the little, Shade for Mr. Lane Johnson buried in the middle of his comments.
2: Big drive offensively coming off the goal line here in the fourth quarter. Um, our defense in good field position. You know, our defense played really well in the second half. I mean, the players they covered well, they rushed well, they tackled well. Uh, they just they just did a good job. Um, Looked like they're having a lot of fun out there today and played with a lot of good energy. And um, so it's good to come down here and and get a win.
0: Bill Belichick has never used the word. Had or the phrase had fun out there in his entire life as it relates to football, and he did in this occasion. Uh, David Ote is what we call that. What was it, Sean, back in the day? What did, what did Lane Johnson say
3: after they won the Super Bowl? He said the Patriots are like a fear based organization and they don't have fun. And he would rather have fun than play for the Patriots, something like that.
0: So, this is clearly breach a uh, situation where it's a revenge game for Bill Belichick. Uh, He got his revenge. I don't know if you saw our buddy uh, Ben Volan tweeted out Tom Brady's comments. It sounds like Brady's kind of pissed about the way the offense looked.
1: I mean, I I believe it. But we'll go back to Belichick real quick. Lane Johnson made those comments like a week after the Super Bowl. So we're talking February 2018. Belichick has literally been playing the long game with this. He has been planning this for almost more than 18 months, more than a year and a half. He took a mental note. He's like, you know what? When we crap on the Eagles and we go to their place in 2019, I'm going to rub this in. Uh, So I do love that Belichick did that. But for Brady, look, I get that he's upset, but he, he looked bad. He was not, he didn't look like a good quarterback. If he didn't get the Mitchell Trubisky, uh, treatment because he's won a lot more Super Bowls than Trubisky, but he did not look good in this game. You know who threw more touchdown passes than Tom Brady? Julian Edelman because Tom Brady threw zero touchdown passes and Edelman threw one. By the way, as the first time in Tom Brady's career that somebody on the Patriots roster has thrown more touchdown passes than him in a game where he played all four quarters. And so, Look, the, the Patriots defense has been carrying this team all season. So I don't know if Brady's frustrated. Is it because he's frustrated with Josh McDaniel and, and the plays that are being called? Is, is he frustrated because the offense just is can't get anything going right now? Is he frustrated because he doesn't? feel comfortable with everybody he's throwing the ball to, and he's going to beg Rob Bronkowski to come out of retirement this week. Uh, there's a lot of things he could be frustrated with. Or is he just frustrated with himself? Because, look, he barely completed 50% of his passes. He only threw for 216 yards. He looked like – he didn't look very pliable today. He looked like he was off his game. Uh, so it is really hard to just pick one thing that he might have been frustrated at. But, look, this Patriots offense hasn't looked good all season.
3: Yeah, the, the thing that I realized, like, halfway through this game – the, the problem with the Patriots' offense is twofold, but they both feed into each other. It's that they don't have a big play guy. Uh, and they obviously lost Gronk. They don't have Josh Gordon anymore. And there were multiple points in that game on key third downs. Brady was taking deep shots downfield to Julian Edelman, which, look, Julian Edelman's a good player. That's not his game. He's trying. He should be working the slot, you know, 8 to 10 yards downfield. And so, so they don't have a big play guy. So then you think, okay, Patriots' offense is of old. They're going to chip away, throw to the running backs, throw underneath, go on these long-sustained ball-control drives. The problem is that their offensive line just isn't good enough to have these long-sustained drives now because now they just have so many negative plays. Marshall Newhouse at left tackle is a gigantic problem. And the problem I keep coming back to is I feel like a lot of Patriots fans are hanging their hat on, well, if Isaiah Wynn comes back, you know, this is going to fix the problem. Isaiah Wynn has played in two career games. I don't think we can look at him and say – this is a sure, surefire fix. Maybe he's better than Marshall Newhouse. He certainly has that potential. I don't know how this offense gets better. The good news is that their defense really is this good that unless they're playing Baltimore, um, I think they can shut down whoever they're playing. The Eagles scored 10 points on their first three drives. They had 10 more drives in the game. They had seven punts, uh, a fumble, turnover downs, and a game. So, I mean, this defense, um, after the first three drives, I saw people saying, oh, look what happens when the Patriots play another good offense. Like, they're not as good, and they just completely stifled the Eagles' offense.
2: Yeah, Carson Winston looked good after the first, first quarter or so. And here's the thing. You better get up by about 35 points, unless you're the Ravens. You better get by 35 points from the Patriots, because once they go in for halftime, they're going to fix everything that's broken, at least on one side of the ball. And they shut down completely the Eagles' offense. Um And that there was nothing – they had no answers. Uh, Carson Wentz could have had a a few more interceptions. Um, The running game went away. We know about the injuries to both tackles. Uh, So it sort of snowballed after that um, first few successful series, and and that was a wrap. Yeah,
0: uh, the stats for – pre-lane and post-lane are pretty – Lane Johnson are pretty shocking. Um, their first three drives, the the Eagles had 10 points with 147 yards, were averaging 6.4 yards per play. The rest of the game, after Lane Johnson left, zero points, 108 yards, and 2.5 yards per play. And as I think noted, uh, Jason Peters left in the fourth quarter as well. Um, so if, if you're Philly, man, I mean – Here's the you know there's a little silver lining. Here is that. Look, you lost the Patriots. They're coming off their bye. Belichick's now ten to two, straight up and against the spread. At, uh, after his bye on the road in his career with the Patriots, um, you got to play the Seahawks. But I think they had to play the Dolphins. They have, then they're at the Dolphins after that. So you have the Seahawks at home and at the Dolphins. If you can somehow manage to win those two games, the Cowboys are going to New England next week. So maybe the Patriots take care of business against the the the. Um, the Cowboys, and then all of a sudden, if you're, you know, if you're Philly, you find yourself still in the mix. But gosh, without those tackles and that offensive line, it feels like this team really lacks the identity that it had before. You know, like this team pounded the ball, uh, physically when they were winning games over the last couple of years. I mean, granted, they, you know, it's a high flying offense. They could do tons of stuff. They have no receivers now either. Yeah. It's like Ertz and Goddard, and they're great. Nelson so, Aguilar not reliable enough. I mean, Carson Wentz's potential game tying throw. Was an absolute dime out of a spot he shouldn't have been throwing it. And it hit Aguilar both hands in the chest and bounced. Well,
2: right. No, no, it didn't hit him in the chest. That was a tough catch.
0: It would have been a crazy catch, but like you have to make that catch.
2: Yeah. No, Alshon makes that catch if he's there. Sure. Okay. So you-
0: <laughs> he made it's a, a great, catch. it was a great play. We needed it. That's Tom Brady's line about Julie Nettleman's uh, catch. On how much he and, drew. and he was
1: all yeah he was also asked about his passer rating. Do you ever remind Julian about how good his passer rating is, Tom Brady? Not much. It was a good throw. So thank you guys. Yeah. And then he, and then he walked out.
0: He's asking if he's discouraged. Well, we just played for three hours. so I think everyone was a little tired. A <laughs> mayor to the model worth two hundred million dollars. I am not discouraged.
1: Like he didn't say yes or no. This is literally the most Debbie Downer I've ever seen Tom Brady uh, sound. After a game where they won, because he is usually somebody who is pretty chipper at all times. Uh, smile on his face, w- w- talks, gives you three or four sentences per question. But he oh, looking at this, I mean, this is kind of crazy. This is so he's definitely a little upset about something. And it'll be interesting to find out what that is.
2: Breach, he's the second best quarterback on that team. Julian Edelman's four <laughs> for four for 90 yards, one touchdown, no interception. And you mentioned the perfect passer right in his NFL career as a quarterback. I would guess
0: it involves the six quarterback hits that he took. Uh, by the way, Carson Wentz, whoo, he got peppered, buddy. Donta Hightower, three quarterback hits, a sack. Uh Let's see, one, five, seven, ten, twelve hits, according to NFL. uh Jesus, it's a lot. Five sacks. He had a little
2: Deshaun Watson going on, too. He was holding on to the ball too long. I understand he's trying to make plays, but that's going to get you, you know, messed up.
0: He's always done that. Yeah. He's having a weird year. Well,
3: what's weird is that he entered the game averaging 6.8 yards per attempt, which would be his lowest since his rookie year. And then you end tonight's game, 5.4. This offense just really isn't hitting downfield throws. But I was looking at it, I think, a week ago. He's actually averaging a lot of air yards per attempt. So Mm -hmm. it's not that they're just checking it down. It's just that they're not hitting on the big plays when he takes them.
1: Let me ask you guys this. If somebody went up, if you went up to Doug Peterson tomorrow morning and said, you can either have Carson Wentz or Nick Foles for the rest of the season. Who do you think you'd pick?
3: Mm. Wentz. Mm. <laughs> we should, we say, should say
0: Debo's reaction in my ear and in Slack was not. Appropriate. I was going to say we
2: should get Debo's reaction because he Debo.
0: Debo who'd you rather have rest of the year? Carson Wentz.
2: There you go, John. Just say, dumb questions with Debo saying.
0: Say the wrong. Thing, right.
2: I believe that. I believe it fully.
0: <laughs> we go. Don't
3: don't send him to the podium after an Eagles loss. Uh, that least, sounds like that was Tom Brady. That's the least convincing answer I've heard.
0: Uh, it's like the I was trying to find the um, the Costanza line where it's like, it's not a lie if you believe it. Um, but we'll just move on instead. Actually, you know what? I can play real quick. Cool. Jerry, just remember.
4: It's not a lie, if you believe
0: it. (laughs) I Remember when laugh tracks were a thing? All right, speaking of laugh tracks, the Bears are America's laugh track, and boy, are they a clown show. A clown car operated by a man in clown shoes with a clown quarterback riding alongside him, a clown GM pulling the the triggers and shifting the gears. Uh, A clown GM, by the way, who got clowned, by John Gruden in the Khalil Mack trade. He somehow lost the Khalil Mack trade. He should have been defensive player of the year last year. He's being washed out every single game. He's a non-factor. He hadn't done anything. Trubisky just got benched in the fourth quarter for Chase Daniel. Welcome to hell, Sean.
3: I just want to say to all the listeners out there, find yourself a friend who takes as much joy in his other friend's misery <laughs> more than Will Brunson. Will Brinson. Because it truly is special. He's the only friend that fulfills that need in my life. This is what I'll say, Brinson. You're trying to troll me. I am untrollable about this because I lost hope weeks ago. And once I lose hope in a situation, I get like Jay Cutler. I just stop caring. And that's how I felt th- th- throughout this entire game. The sad thing is, and Mitch Trubisky was terrible, but by his standards, this is one of his best performances of the season. Again, that's not saying much. Um, but he could actually complete a couple forward passes in this game. Um uh, I mean, what what more is there to say about this team? Their defense is actually, yes, Princeton, they regressed. They're actually still pretty good. I think they did everything tonight or Sunday night that they could have um, to win this game, had two turnovers, held the Rams to 10 points late in the fourth quarter. It's all, look, Matt Nagy's play calls get too cute on third and shorts. Uh, The
0: the option on third and two near midfield when the Bears were marching to go win the game was unbelievably bad.
3: And I don't want to defend him, but – I just I think it's really hard to call plays and design an offense when you have a quarterback who can't hit throws that quarterbacks in the NFL are supposed to hit 9 out of 10 times. And uh-huh. so this entire season is lost, and the entire future of the Bears is lost until they find a competent quarterback. And the only silver lining I can take from this is that Trubisky is playing so bad. That the Bears can't even get tricked into handing him a long-term deal that Ryan Pace was probably going to get tricked into doing if Trubisky played it like what he did last year. He's so bad that they have to move on.
0: Uh, so they did move on during the game. They actually benched him. This is, gets a little dicey and we're sort of learning this on the fly, but, uh, he benched him. All of a sudden, with no warning whatsoever, Chase Daniels under center in the final Bears series of the fourth quarter. Al Michaels is completely perplexed. He's like, well, this is something. Um, they asked the Bears PR staff what had happened. Bears PR staff said they had no information. And then later the Bears PR staff tweets out that uh Mitchell Trubisky was dealing with a hip injury and that's why he was pulled out. However, we all saw the shots on the sideline one of Matt Nagy doing a, a sweet like a like a like a, like a like a fatherly you effed up embrace. Um you know he was like, It's okay, son, it's not <laughs> your fault. Um followed by Trubisky standing awkwardly on the sidelines, being like I'm like clearly not hurt. Um Here's Matt Nagy after the game on Mitchell Trubisky. He just wasn't feeling right. His, his hip was was hurting him. We knew it a few series earlier. Um, That that something wasn't right. We 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 watched him kind of just to keep an eye on him and see how it was. And I had to pull him aside and talk to him and just ask him and say exactly that I needed we needed him to be honest with us. And and uh, you know trying to play through that is what he was doing. And at the same time, it was affecting a little bit of how he was able to throw. And I just don't like I don't like I don't want to put him at more risk. And and I also don't want to affect how how the play is with the team. Ryan, do
2: you believe him? I have a question for Matt Nagy. Uh, would you have had that heart-to-heart to, heart to, heart to heart talk with Mr. Biskey if he had four touchdowns and no interceptions with two minutes to go in the game?
0: Uh, uh, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> oh, are you guys role-playing <laughs> now? <Okay. laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, come on. It's clear clear and obvious, something that Al Riveron is not familiar with. It's clear and obvious that, that Matt Nagy did not want to put that, that jabroni back out there. I don't know why he, he – it's weird that he didn't just do it. Even if it's just to hand the ball off, I know Trubisky told the media afterwards that his hip was getting tighter t- tighter and tighter, and he was throwing with all arm. I don't know if that's any different than anything we've seen from Mr. Trubisky in two and a half years. Put him back out there. You don't have to answer all these questions, and then you can make up some story this week that his hip's bothering him and then roll out Chase Daniel so he can slide uh, before the sideline just before the two-minute warning for no reason that, that anyone could understand.
1: But also, like, he said that the hip injury happened a few offensive possessions earlier. So you let him play injured and then decided to pull him at the exact instant when your entire game was on the line uh, with just a few minutes left. And it was really your last possession where you had to score to keep yourselves in the game. And I know Sean was kind of defending Matt Nagy before. Uh, saying, hey, it's impossible to put a game plan together when your quarterback can only complete one out of ten passes that a normal NFL quarterback can throw. But let's not absolve Matt Nagy here because, look, if your quarterback can't throw the ball, why are you throwing the ball on third and one uh, in the fourth quarter when your team is trailing ten to seven? And why not just – Run the ball so that your quarterback who can't throw doesn't have to throw. Matt Nagy made a lot of perplexing decisions in this game, and I would argue that he was on my ranking of the top three worst Bears in this game with Mitchell Trubisky and Eddie Pinheiro, who missed two field goals in case anyone didn't see this game. The Bears' kicking situation is almost as bad as their quarterback situation. That's all I'll say because I don't you want to feel MVP any worse. This,
2: the MVP for this game, if you're Jared Goff, is Mitch Trubisky because Jared Goff it was eleven for 18, 173 yards. threw an interception, had a touchdown thrown that got called back for some stupid penalty. But it was clear that Sean McVay's game plan, which is sort of hysterical, was to run the ball down the Bears' throats, and they really didn't have much of an answer for it. And then Jared Goff just occasionally threw the ball and and had limited success. He had a good final series. That was about I, it.
0: Yeah, I thought he made a couple of good throws later there. Like I but was, he is, he's a guy that has got a
2: huge contract. I mean these are these are Tom Brady stat lines, which is you know half joking, half serious, but. He's not 20 years into his career. And doesn't have six Super Bowls.
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm, with,
0: I, yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, it's fine.
3: It's a it's a bigger the way I put it during the game was the Rams have a bigger long term quarterback problem than the than the Bears do because they're stuck with this contract. Whereas, look obviously, the Bears don't have a pick, so they can't really solve it the way. Well, they the want Rams
2: to solve have it. fewer draft picks. <laughs> right?
3: I guess that's that's true. Um, and the Bears can at least ditch this Trubisky deal um this offseason um and i mean they can keep them on the roster too as a backup and whatnot but the rams have a bigger long-term problem at quarterback and i mean this this game was billed as you know winner stays alive in the playoff race must win which is technically true but you're watching this game i don't see how anyone can look at either of these teams and be like oh if they win this game they're a playoff team like i just what? don't see how the rams make the playoffs
2: what happened to the rams
3: i think their offense stayed the same um in terms no, of their, their
1: offensive line oh, is yeah. worse, and jared goff again is the nfc version of andy dalton where he needs a perfect situation around him to be successful the rams no longer have that because their offensive line has been totally evaporated it's not there anymore it's not what they had last year i think they were the only team in the league last year that had every offensive lineman start in all 16 games this has been the opposite this year so he's just getting beat up he's not good under pressure he gets flustered uh, last year when that would happen, he had Todd Gurley to dump the ball off to. Doesn't have that this year, although he kind of did against the Bears, and so we saw him play a little bit better. So he's losing – you lose your security blanket in Gurley, you lose your giant blanket in your offensive line, and, and now there's just no way for him to be successful because he's not that kind of quarterback that can make
3: things happen. The, on his the, own. the biggest indictment of this all is that – We, we were saying this entire offseason, so many people forecasted the Rams offensive line not going to be as good with Whitworth aging, uh, and injuries and losing players in free agency. Like we all saw that coming. We all knew Todd Gurley had a knee injury, um, because of the way the playoffs unfolded and that was reported to death. And so the fact that they gave Goff a contract when we saw all these potential problems coming, Breach Talks said earlier about how like Twitter can't unite on anything or people can't agree on everything but people agree on pass interference stuff i felt like the consensus among the football writing community was don't give jared goff a long-term deal this is going to backfire after you just gave todd Gurley a big deal and the rams did it anyways when they did not need to it's not like jared goff is going to be a free agent they should have let him play out this year um and, and at the end of this year they would not be thinking we got to sign this guy to a deal so that was a big mistake they got way too uh trigger happy to give him that deal
0: mm, i agree all right let's take a quick break And when we come back, we'll talk about my Minnesota Vikings making history on Sunday. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family.
4: Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash rs10 today. Minnesota Vikings
0: won 27 to 23 over the Denver Broncos. The Broncos covered the plus 10 the over 40 and a half hit, uh, but Kirk Cousins was the, uh, leading fantasy guy there. 28 total fantasy points. Thanks in large part to a crazy comeback. The Vikings, uh, so teams were 0 and 99 when trailing or t- when trailing by 20 points or more at halftime over the last five seasons. The Vikings were down 20 to nothing at half and storm back and beat the Broncos. Twenty-seven to three. You like that, Ryan? Well,
2: you f- forgot to point out where you got dunked on by the Minnesota Vikings Twitter account Absolutely. after you tweeted out the Z- the Owen uh, Owen ninety-nine. They were
0: trying league. to give it up. Like they made the comeback, and then they were like, "Hey Broncos, you want to come down and score? We don't really like this win. Go ahead, come on down." That's
2: the sound of Brinson getting dunked on. That that goofy voice. But uh, yeah, I mean, look, I don't know what. Credit here's the thing. Credit to Brandon Allen for not being terrible, and he did a lot of things that you could feel okay about. But my big takeaway from Brandon Allen's performance is how bad was Joe Flacco, and why did I let you talk me into all this Joe Flacco nonsense?
0: I'm it a well, I can't let You talked me into taking the, the Broncos to win the division. I didn't <laughs> talk to you into that. But you know what's going to be funny is when the Raiders win the division. Stop it, Brenton. Don't be ridiculous. Um. Not a, that's first,
3: not going to
0: age well. The Vikings are the first team in the last 40 years to score a touchdown on every second-half possession and win after trailing by 20 points at half. Uh, before today, the, before Sunday, the Broncos had not blown a 20-point or more halftime-leading regulation. They've now done it twice in uh, overtime in franchise history, though, 2013 and 1988. Cousins has gone 177 pass attempts without an interception. Uh, Debris, you take too much away from this. By the way, Dalvin Cook, my Dalvin Cook to lead the league in rushing – I bet that took a big hit on, mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday. Do you take anything away from this in terms of, like, are you worried about the Vikings? You know, you picked them to go to the Super Bowl too. Like, what's your concern level here?
1: No, my takeaway is that I actually feel even better about the Super Bowl pick because if there's one knock on Kirk Cousins and the Vikings overall, it's that they just kind of give up when they're trailing. They're not a team that plays well from behind, uh, cause they love to run the ball. And if you have, if you're a defense who puts pressure on Kirk Cousins, uh, he does not play well flustered. We've talked about that with Jared Goff, but Cousins is in that same class of people who you start sacking him. You start pass rushing him in every play. He starts mailing balls. He can't find his receivers. Cousins got sacked five times. So if you would have told me at halftime that the Vikings were to come back and win this game, I would not have believed you. I would have thought it was impossible. Cousins, zero wins, ten losses, and one tie and the 11 games where the viking he'd been trailing in the fourth quarter with the vikings. So this is the first time he's ever won a game with the vikings while trailing in the fourth quarter. So cool. the fact that they came back against you know the Broncos are garbage this year, but the defense has still been decent. So the fact that they came back and beat this defense And scored 27 points in the second half. And a big part of that was because of Cousins. So we – Cousins has just been – there's been like eight monkeys on Cousins' back. And he's gotten like five of them off. He's gotten the primetime monkey off his back. He's gotten the – I can't have a fourth-quarter comeback – Monkey off his back. He's gotten the, I can't beat a team with a winning record monkey off his back. So now we're creeping close to the, he needs to get the, I need to win a playoff game monkey off my back. So he's been doing a lot of things that I don't think anyone expected him to do. So Brinson, I am back on the Super Bowl train, even though I never really left. And me and you are, uh, the engineers of this train, but you can be in front since you have him winning and I don't.
0: By the way, Cousins first four games with Minnesota this year, two and two. 183.8 183.8 pass yards, three touchdowns, two picks. Last seven game, last six games, I guess. Um, five and one, 73% completion percentage, 288 passing yards, 18 touchdowns, one pick. He's been really good.
2: He's I mean uh, fourth blown fourth quarter lead for the
0: Broncos. By the way,
3: I was going to say we we like to play. We don't play it anymore, but early in the season we like to play. This team should be three and one. Uh, I think the Broncos are now two and five.
0: Yeah, they should be ten and zero.
3: Are two and five and one score games, and I'm not trying to talk you onto the 2020 Broncos bandwagon, um, but those things tend to, you know, change on a year-to-year basis and work back in the team's favor the next year. So maybe, maybe you were just a year too early on the Broncos.
0: Maybe I'll take the over of the Broncos win total next year at four and a half. How about that? And
3: right. you know, the crazy thing
1: is, didn't the Broncos they lose to the Bears the one time a Bears kicker actually hits a game winner? <laughs> I think did Benatarie hit a game winner against them? So like the two
3: most absurd no, things they, that, they beat the oh you're right you're right no you're right sorry you were right
1: <laughs> yeah so like the two most absurd things that those are two kickers that should never hit a game winner especially this this year and and that's two of their losses like it's insane that this this is a 3 and 17 that probably could be uh 6 and 4 or 7 and 3 if things have, if only three or four plays had gone a little differently
0: uh speaking of insane the ending of 49ers cardinals was insane if you're a gambler Many people got the, uh, Arizona Cardinals plus nine and a half at the end of this game. The 49ers won 36 to 26. The final six points were on a wild, um, I think what's the line that, um, what's the phrase that Scott Van Pelt uses where it's like the, uh, pitchy pitchy woo woo. You know, what they do like, they just start chunking the ball around and, and, and it flies it's everywhere. Uh,
3: it's the cow, the band is on the play. Band is on the
0: field. Yeah. But like, so the ball is on the ground and this Arizona Cardinals player like, it's like, has he been laying there for like five seconds and he just grabs it and like, what are you cackling about, Sean?
3: Oh, it was just hilarious that he just threw the ball like, blindly like, backwards.
0: He just straight in the air, goes backwards like 10 yards to the goal line and the 49ers player scoops it up and runs in and, uh, the 49ers win by 10. Uh, they should have lost this game. Horrific job by Vance Joseph at the end using, uh, using, um, Chandler Jones in coverage. Jeff Wilson got wide open and scored. Jimmy Garoppolo had a great game, 34-45, 424 yards, uh, passing yards, four touchdowns, two picks. Tevin Coleman led the way with 12 carries for 14 yards. Yikes. And uh, Debo Samuel, eight carries, 134 yards. Kyler Murray I thought was awesome again. Um, he's just going to be really good as long as they keep him in the system and Cliff Kingsbury becomes a better coach. I think there's reason to be optimistic about the uh, – About this team, Larry Fitzgerald, five catches, 37 yards, a touchdown. Farrow Cooper caught a score. Christian Kirk, six catches, 41 yards. Should have had an even better day. And Kenan Drake had an okay, but not great day. 49ers looked looked hungover to me. Anybody else agree with that? Yes. I know
1: what a hangover looks like, and yes.
0: You know what a hangover on Sunday looks like?
1: I've, like, invented it.
0: I'm looking at it. You're looking at (laughs) three hangovers, right? Is that what
2: you're saying? No, I think you're right, though. And, uh, as you pointed out, credit to Kyler Murray for making the, that hangover even more painful. Um, he's going to be awesome. I think him and Lamar Jackson, Sean Watson, you know, the usual suspects. But, um, on the one hand, Steve kind of looks like a genius. On the other hand, why'd you take Josh Rosen two years ago?
0: Yeah. I, look, I, 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 I was thinking this during the game though. Credit them for like moving on. Like, I mean, you, like, I didn't like the process. <laughs> the Bears. No, I, mean, yeah. I didn't like the process with how they got to Kyler Murray, and I thought it was silly, and I I would have got yep. Nick Bosa and Josh Rosen and the various other picks to go with it. But, like, Kyler Murray's a legit potential superstar, and you got him with the first pick in the draft. I mean, you pulled the trigger. Good job. Do the Cardinals win that game
2: Sunday with Josh Rosen and Nick Bosa because Nick Bosa can't be on the 49ers then?
3: No. No, I don't think so.
2: Because Nick Bosa's good.
3: Kyler, so Kyler and the Cardinals, they played what? They played the 49ers twice in the last three weeks. Yeah. Kyler's the only quarterback to post a passer rating over 100 against uh, the 49ers, as Doug Farrar pointed out. He's done it twice in both of those games. Yeah. Uh, we keep on saying – I did this during the game. I was guilty of it, too, and RJ, our editor, kind of called me out. I was saying by next year, Kyler's going to be the second-best quarterback in the division. You guys are saying he's going to be a star. I almost feel like he's already a star. Like, I already think he's already the second-best quarterback in the division. I and
0: mean, I mean – Kyle Shanahan would flip Jimmy G for Kyler in a heartbeat.
3: Well, I was going to say
0: McVay would flip golf for Kyler in a heartbeat.
3: It's funny because a year ago, we were doing like if you could draft anyone in the NFL, you're starting a franchise, it was like Mahomes, Baker, and Deshaun, those three. Suddenly, if you're pl- doing that game again, it's like Mahomes and Lamar. And then I think you can make an argument that Kyler's anywhere after that. And obviously, Deshaun would factor in still, but it's just incredible how fast he's proven. I did not expect this this quickly. I thought he was going to be good Sean, you're term. a good long
1: you taking on Dak Prescott. But also, and I'm not saying I once disagree. Like, once
3: again, I've been championing Dak Prescott this entire year. I hate you, Ryan. I hate but, but
1: this Merc. is But this is a weird game to say, to flex that Kyler Murray's the second-best quarterback in the NFC West because uh why do the 49ers win this? Because Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't perfect, but he played out of his mind.
0: And, and eat- everyone plays good against the Cardinals. Jimmy G against the Cardinals this year, 76% completion, 375 pass, 370 passing yards a game, nine yards per attempt, eight touchdowns, two picks. Uh Jimmy G versus not the Cardinals, 66% completion, 217 yards a game, 7.4 yards per attempt, 10 touchdowns, eight picks. He's been terrible against everybody else. And he lights up the Cardinals, but everybody lights up the Cardinals. Everybody, everybody lights up
1: the off, Cardinals. He's trying to make a case for Jimmy G. I don't want to make a case for Jimmy Jimmy because everyone lights up the Cardinals.
0: (laughs) I've come around. I'm I'm going to take the the 49ers uh, next week against the Packers on Sunday night. I changed my mind. I don't know if I said that on YouTube show or not. We do a YouTube exclusive. You can check it out. YouTube.com/slash CBS Sports. We do uh, a week when the the the, at halftime of the Sunday night game we record like a 15 to 20 minute 15 minute YouTube where we break down lines. That are uh, that are coming out for the coming week. Um, By the way, I am twenty-two and four on the YouTube
2: show.
3: Really? You actually went back and counted? Don't worry about it. It's preseason. Also, that doesn't. We do five a week, I think.
0: There you go. I was (laughs) (laughs) going to say. Adds up.
3: By the way, it's worth mentioning real quick. David Johnson had zero touches, and he wasn't on the injury report late in the week. And so, if you own David Johnson in fantasy. I have no idea what you're doing. I have stuck him on my bench this week for Hollywood Brown instead, and uh, it's really concerning.
0: Did you see that run he had last week? The not good run. Yeah. Wait, yeah. it's like he looks like me running in an NFL game. Like he's running in quicksand. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. What do you think David Johnson would do if you walked up to him and said,
2: uh, "David Johnson, my name's Will Brinson. When you run, it reminds me of me running."
3: And Brinson remembers the 20 year old um, pug or whatever that was. 15. Uh,
1: uh, and and just to finish my Jimmy Garoppolo point, I would just like to throw out there <laughs> that uh Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and Lamar Jackson have all played against the Cardinals this year and all had much worse games than Jimmy Garoppolo. As a matter of fact, Lamar Jackson barely threw for half as many yards as Garoppolo did today and half as many touchdowns. Russell Wilson also much worse, Uh and, and Brees, you decent games. Jo- John didn't Brees. Play- you didn't cool. put that All the- right. Jimmy. Lamar Jackson 258 yards, two touchdowns. Russell Wilson 240 yards, four touchdowns. Uh Jimmy G 424 yards, four touchdowns single-handedly won the game.
0: Yeah, John- let me let me let just real quickly, John. Uh the 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 Saints beat the Cardinals 31 to 9. Breeze completed 80% of his passes, through for let's say, is that a yeah, 373 yards, three touchdowns. What are you, what are you talking about? Uh, you yes. named I I'm naming guys. I am naming people who I had a worse game than Garoppolo. Phoenix, that's dude, all. Every single t- person that's played against the Cardinals has lit them up. They're terrible on defense.
3: And by the way, if you're ever if you're streaming tight ends in fantasy, stream it whoever is playing against the Cardinals. They enter the game leading the league in touchdowns against um, the tight ends. They allowed two more. So just stream whoever's playing against the Cardinals.
0: The, the Seahawks beat the Cardinals twenty-seven to ten. It wasn't. It was irrelevant what Russell Wilson's stats were. The I mean. Lamar Jackson had 16 rushing yards, I mean 16 rushing carries and 120 yards to go along with 272 passing yards, two touchdowns and 65% Which is
1: under 400 total yards Jimmy threw for 424.
0: All I'm saying is that he had the best game
1: against a bad defense. That's it. I mean, it's not that hard to argue. He threw two picks.
3: Yes. the, The picks were bad too. They were bad picks.
0: He lit up a bad defense. What are you talking about? I think
3: it's, no, I think the headline of this podcast is John Reach, Jimmy Garoppolo Kyle, better than I, Russell I, 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 Wilson, I, 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 Drew Reese, and Lamar Jackson.
0: Kyle Allen had four touchdowns against the Cardinals, man. What are you talking about? What I am just saying <laughs> from the
1: Andy Dalton yeah, it's not that it's not that well, suppressed. There was no point. Right. I wasn't arguing that Garoppolo was better than any of those guys. I was just saying that he's not horrible.
0: What did Andy Dalton do against the Cardinals? Probably lit him up. They did light him up. If you let him up, I'm gonna light you up. Oh <laughs> my God, He completed 71 percent of his passes for 262 yards and two touchdowns. There you go. And that was after he had 27 passing yards at the half, too. God, just get out of here, Breach. <laughs> seven. Here's the
2: thing: when you dunk on Breach and he goes quiet for five minutes, he's furiously doing research. <laughs> So he can reverse dunk on himself when he comes back on there.
3: He was like, "Nah, I have nothing to say." And then, no, I
1: just I said that Garoppolo had the best game against this Cardinals defense, and I ended up being right. I had to look up the stats to make sure I was correct, and I was correct. That's it. There's no Garoppolo, dunking on I, my stat. My point was correct. That's all.
0: Garoppolo joined Steve Young and Joe Montana as the only 49ers quarterbacks to have 400 passing yards and four passing touchdowns in a single game. Uh Debo Samuel with his 134 yards had the most receiving yards by a 49ers rookie since Jerry Rice in 1985. Ross Dwelly caught a couple of touchdowns, Woo! and um, the Cardinals led sixteen nothing. Uh, were are outscored thirty six to ten the rest of the way. They have now dropped four straight after winning three straight games. From oh, wait a second, sorry
2: to interrupt you. The use check pass interference call.
0: Oh my god! Oh, my yes, goodness. No, no, no. and no, this is the overturned one too. The the Richard Sherman, Richard Sherman <laughs> grabbed Christian Kirk and tackled him when he was beat. And Kingsbury's like, Oh my God, I'm going to lose this. Like, what do I do? He threw the flag anyway. And it was like, oh, they're not going to overturn this. And they actually overturned it and gave him a first down on the one. Uh, and then the other Yikes. one that came out, the youth, that's, what, that's U- what Al
2: Riveron says when
0: he turns up, overturns it. The Yushek, U- <laughs> U- <laughs> Yushek tackled a linebacker and the linebacker got flagged for pass interference. I mean, it was
2: clear as day to everyone that when the flag came out, obviously this is going to be offensive pass interference. Number 59, Joe Walker, started pointing at Juszczyk. Juszczyk pointed the other way, but that's just because he has to. I don't understand what happened from the time the flag hit the hit the field until the, the official talked to the referee, how the words came out of his mouth and said, this is going to be on number 59 of, of the defense for getting, getting tackled and dragged down in the wrong position.
0: He's running with you check and he like turns his head and looks back to track the ball and you just takes both arms puts him over his body and just drags him to the ground and then he gets flagged i mean these refs are so bad
2: like according to to breaches rules you check should be suspended for what he did to, to joe walker
1: the funny thing about richard sherman is that so i mean this was pretty egregious there, there was No one – it got overturned. So obviously it was because Al Riveron doesn't overturn anything. And after the game, Sherman basically said this was interference. The refs are out to get me because I'm a part of the NFLPA executive committee. His exact quote was, I think there's been probably over 100 PI challenges this year, and there's been five, I think, reversals. And I'm two of them. I think being an executive kitty." committee member, and part of that committee has its perks, and then it has its conversations where you're the only one who gets overturned, unquote.
2: You can give every official a lie detector test, and I guarantee you none of them know that Richard <laughs> Sermons on the NFL PA executive committee.
0: By the way, By the way uh, just so you know, Al Riverfront looks worse this week than he did last week. He's getting yeah, phone calls, interrupting him. <laughs> it "Stands."
3: By the way, I'm not sure where the line eventually settled. Um, but if you get the Cardinals a cover in this game, um they're now 8 and 3 against the spread. They've just been cover machines. Uh, so something if you are a gambler to note.
4: Um, oh,
0: noted. Yeah. I think you probably give them a cover. Uh Cowboys, Lions. Cowboys 35, Lions 27. The Cowboys cover the spread 7. The over 46 and a half. Hits as hard as Sean's breath when he's banging that microphone. Um, was that Breach? Who was that breathing? Debo actually fl- accidentally flicked his microphone off. Um, anyway, Dak Prescott, awesome again. 29-46, 444 passing yards, three touchdowns, no interception. His third game with 400-plus 400, 400 passing yards a season. He's just tops in the NFL. He has thrown for three touchdowns in three straight games. He has 841 yards in the last two games. Uh Michael Gallup came up big, nine catches, 148 yards. Randall Cobb, four catches, 115 yards. Zeke Elliott was fine in the ground game, uh, but it was mostly the Cowboys couldn't put away a good team, in my opinion, in this game. I didn't think they couldn't put away a bad team. Like they had multiple chances to bury the Lions, and they just couldn't do it.
1: I, I agree. I mean, it was embarrassing because you look at it. You look at the Lions, and their starting quarterback is Jeff Driscoll. Their leading running back was Bo Scarborough, who what? I think just signed last week or in the past week, past two weeks. Uh, so they're running out a bunch of backups out there, and the Cowboys couldn't stop them. I mean, Jeff Driscoll threw for two touchdowns, and I just felt like this game was a lot closer than it probably should have been. It felt like a game the Cowboys should have won by two or three touchdowns, And, and again, this is almost like last week where Dak put plays out of his mind, but the rest of the team was kind of a letdown. The fact that the Cowboys' defense couldn't stop Jeff Driscoll and Bo Scarborough, I mean, what? That's that's obviously a concern going forward, right?
0: By the way, Bo Scarborough revenge game. He was drafted by the Cowboys this year and cut. (laughs) I
2: feel like the Cowboys are still fine in the division. We just saw the Eagles play, and I don't know what to make of them. The injuries we know about. Um, and Dak Prescott is obviously, and Amari Cooper and Zeke Elliott are obviously the three biggest, most important parts of that offense. The defense ain't great, but they do have players who can occasionally make plays. I just feel like they're in a better situation in that division. The division obviously isn't great, but um, you know, I sort of hinted at earlier. I was making fun of Sean, but Dak Prescott needs to be in the MVP conversation.
3: He's third. I I really think like I don't think he's as close to Lamar and Russ. Like there's, I think there's a little bit of a gap. I mean, just based off win-loss records, which, like it or not, that, that does impact MVP races. But I think if you're looking for a third candidate to put in that race, it has to be Dak. And I think he, what, a little bit of what he's doing reminds me of Russell Wilson years past, where he has to overcome um, conservative coaching, a not-great defense, and he has to do every single thing right uh, to put the Cowboys in a position to win. Because as, as you and both said, this should not have been an eight-point game. This should have been a blowout, and everything that Dak did was worthy of a blowout. And I— and uh, Ryan just mentioned the key Cowboys players. Michael Gallup is playing out of his mind, and he is playing, like, legitimate wide receiver one if he was on a different team. Uh, we just talked about Denver, but, like, him and Cortland Sutton, those two guys' development this year, I think is is so it's it's so big, and it's so fascinating how well they're playing.
0: Yeah, uh, very cool, too. Michael Gallup, I think, dedicated that game to a deceased family member. I think what? it was his brother. It's his brother who died, I believe. Yeah, it's like um – Jane Slater had the the story on. James Slater on network had the story on it, but it was it was just kind of cool that he like he did that. Uh, the Cowboys, by the way, this is so it looks like with the NFC playoff picture, and not to disrespect the Lions, but they started Jeff Driscoll and post-Garber, so we're probably going to move along. <laughs> um, it looks like with the NFC playoff picture, with where the where the Seahawks and the Vikings are as the respective the two wild the two likely wildcard teams uh, at eight and two and eight and three respectively, that we are not going to see, uh, like they're just going to be like, they're going to be two teams from the West and two teams from the North that get in. Um, the only really other team that could creep in would be the Rams at six and four. And so either way, you're talking about two teams from the West getting in. I don't think, and I could be wrong. I mean, the Eagles have an okay schedule. Uh, I I just don't think that the Eagles at five and five are going to claw their way back into that wild card race. That's a lot of ground to make up. Um, Philly has the Seahawks at the. Well, actually, I took that back. Uh, the Seahawks at the Dolphins, Giants at Redskins, Cowboys at Giants. But they did, you know, two ta- starting tackles are hurt. The Cowboys are looking at a situation where they go at Patriots. That's sort of tough. Bills at Bears. I don't think that game matches up well for them. It's on a Sunday night. Um, Thursday night. Thursday night. That's Fox, not. That's at 820 Rams at Eagles and Redskins. So clearly the Cowboys have a much harder schedule. How do you guys kind of handicap this race?
1: I still like the Eagles to win it like that. We made our midseason picks and I think you guys, the three of you took the Cowboys and I took the Eagles. And when I handicapped it at the time, I wrote the Eagles Patriots game as an L for the Eagles. I did not think they were going to win that game. And I thought the Cowboys were going to beat the lions, but it's this next stretch that is really going to side it because obviously these guys, the two teams play in week 16, but the next three games, Brent, you just mentioned for the Cowboys, Patriots, Bills, Bears, and they might go one and two there. Uh, That Bears game in Chicago, prime time's not going to be easy. They have the Rams after that. They could go two and two, one and three in their next four games. Whereas you have the Eagles who have the Seahawks, Dolphins, Giants, Redskins. I'll be shocked if they don't go three and one in that stretch. I don't know who – the loss is probably to the Seahawks, but I would think they go 3-1 and one there. And I do not think the Cowboys are going to go 3-1 and in their next four games. And then, boom, now you're tied going into that Week 16 matchup, which is in Philadelphia, which is why I like Philadelphia. So I, I, I still take the Eagles, and I do think that there's no wild card here to be had for the MC East. It is only the division winners getting in.
3: I, I don't think it's over. Any stretch of the imagination, and I, and I picked the Eagles before the season to go to the Super Bowl. I still think the Cowboys win the division. The, the thing that the Eagles need to do is they almost need to run the table against the NFC East because um, and that includes beating the Cowboys because they already lost to the Cowboys once so if they were to lose again they lose the tiebreaker and then the next tiebreaker say the Eagles beat the Cowboys so now they're tied in that you go to the division records the Cowboys are already 4-0 against the division the Eagles are 1-1 which means the Eagles have a lot of opportunity to make up ground but they can't afford to slip up against one of these bad NFC East teams and lord knows there's a lot of bad NFC East teams that they get to play but they they can't avoid getting upset by one of those
0: teams. We're, worth noting that the Vikings and Seahawks play each other in week 13 after the Vikings buy. So that's in Seattle on Monday night. So it's possible that the Vikings could lose some ground here. Uh, if they lose that, you know, you're on a buy, teams win games, and, you, you know, you, you lose to the Seahawks, and all of a sudden, you know, there's some teams making up ground on them. But I, I just – I just, I mean, do you guys see anybody else creeping into the wild card? No. No. And, and here's the thing.
1: Is that the Rams play the Ravens during the Vikings' bye week? And if the Rams lose that, they're six and five. The yeah. Vikings are eight and three. Now they have a two-game lead with just five left, and all you have to do is, you know, maybe go three and two. So, it, I mean, it almost feels like the NFC playoff field is set, except for the NFC East winner.
0: Well, we got a similar situation unfolding in the AFC. The Colts took down the Jags, thirty-three to thirteen. Woo! Covered easily, of course. The over hit forty-two. Um, uh, Nick Foles, first game back for the Jaguars. He was, he was fine. I didn't think he was great. Um, this is mostly about Jacoby Brissett and that team dominating. Uh, we saw Marlon Mack, 14 carries, 109 yards and a touchdown. He actually had to leave. Later diagnosed as a broken hand. We also saw Quentin Nelson. Had a, did he have a rush for a touchdown? He, he's not credited for a touchdown, though, right? No, he
2: he thought he scored on a one-yard touchdown carry, yes. but it was overturned upon review. But
0: he still did the, the celebration. Oh, he did a celebration. Well, let's, uh, let's see if we can hear that, if I can open it with the correct application on my computer. Look, he's the Redskins. The 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 do of the their line. thing. They can do their thing. Is this... Is this really a thing? I'm a little concerned right now if they practice that. But I'm more impressed by the touchdown run for Quinton Nelson. Yeah, again, that was called back. If you didn't see it, the Colts of a keg stand. It was awesome. Quinton Nelson rallied these guys around him and made him hold up his legs, and he did the keg stand. Incredible. Uh, maybe the best uh, celebration of the year. What do you think, Breach?
1: I think that I'm glad you threw it to me because me and you have probably done the most keg stands combined on this podcast.
0: Ryan, have you ever done a keg stand?
2: Yeah, in college. I don't like doing that or shotgunning beer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did we retell the story about the pipe bombs?
2: By the way, the best celebration in my mind, because it was actually a touchdown, was Zeke Elliott doing the deck dance.
0: Yeah, Uh, that was good. Um. It was a good day for celebration. Seth said he – I almost cried because I thought that Quentin's celebration was pretty cool. I hope that could still be nominated as one of the best celebrations because I don't know how they picked him up. That's a big dude to pick up. Yeah. Um, I bet he's drank a lot of beer in his day. Uh, so this, this game sets up a huge Thursday night matchup between the Colts and the Texans. Obviously, we mentioned before the Texans lost. Uh, how would you guys handicap uh, – Ryan, I'll start with you. How would you handicap the AFC South race and the AFC playoff race? Right now, the Texans are – the, uh, one of the wild cards, the number six seed, and the Colts are the number three seed because they have the tiebreaker of the Chiefs, who are the four seed, um, and the Colts right now look like they would win the division.
2: Well, the question again becomes who's going to make the most noise. You mentioned the Oakland Raiders, and I think they're realistically the only team that could sneak up on them. Yeah, the Browns have won two in a row, but they're four and six, and they have three teams to leapfrog, including the Raiders. The Steelers are done at five and five. I mean – are we putting our faith in Ryan Tannehill and the Titans at 5-5? Five and five? I don't think so. So I, I honestly think it's three teams for two spots, and those three teams are the Bills, the Texans, and, and the, the Raiders. The Raiders are currently outside looking in. Um, look, I, I'm, I like what the Colts are doing. I love Chris Ballard, the GM. I like Frank Reich, the coach, a lot. Um, and I don't have a lot of faith. And we talked about the Texans and their offensive line and Bill O'Brien's decision-making from start to finish, and Deshaun Watson's ability to stay healthy and not get himself into trouble with trying to make plays when sometimes plays aren't there. So I'm leaning towards the Colts here, and um, I I don't know if the Texans can make the playoffs. The Bills had a big win today, and I think the way the Raiders are playing, and I know they didn't play well against the Bengals, but they didn't win that game, that they may have some sort of John Gruden m- momentum going.
0: Right. I think... Mean, say the Colts had, uh, two players rush for a hundred plus yards for just the fourth time in franchise history. The first time since 1985. Jonathan Williams might want to know that name for your waiver wire pickup. He will be, uh, one of the top guys added along with Bo Scarborough. Um, the Colts are now undefeated against the AFC South, seven and two against the AFC South under Frank Wright. That's where, that's worth noting. You need to check the ATS records on that. Um, and, uh, Adam Vinatieri made some field goals. So that's exciting.
3: Yeah, I think the thing that was most impressive was their defense. And this was a 31-7 game until there was a minute left in the game. So this wasn't really a 30, uh, 31-13 game, which is the final scoreline. Uh, if the defense can play that well, then yes, I can buy them beating the Texans in the division. But up until this week, uh, every single Colts game has been decided by a single score. And we've talked about this before. This was the first game all season that wasn't decided by a single score. They seem like a coin flip team. I think the Texans... Obviously, this performance against Baltimore notwithstanding, I think they've been more impressive to me, uh, whereas the Colts really do feel like a coin flip. I'm really not sure what version of the team we're going to get. Um, I, what I do think is interesting is I think both the Texans and the Colts have big liabilities at kicker, and that kind of plays into like a coin flip when they play. Um, so when they play this following week, I, I don't know who's going to win. I think it's a field goal type of game, and it might really just come down to dumb luck in terms of which underperforming kicker actually makes their kicks.
0: All right. Breach and uh, Wilson are doing – Wilson might be asleep. Uh, I was just reading up on the uh,
2: University of Colorado its mascot, a real buffalo, and I was thinking, is it smart to take a real buffalo into the field before the game?
3: This is what you're reading during
2: the podcast? I'm
0: it's scrolling a, through Twitter, a, and i I'll come up. 1 a.m. Eastern. You're reading about the Colorado buffalo's mascot? I think the
2: operative phrase is it's 1 a.m. Eastern.
0: I mean, like, it's like, hey, Ryan, who's the Colts defensive coordinator? I, I don't know. fever <laughs> flu Next question. <laughs>
1: I, I, I would just like, I would like to note that I am officially off the Jaguars AFC South division title bandwagon for the rest of the season. No more flip flopping, no more waffling. Uh, I, I am off it. I don't think they're going to win it. I do think the Colts are going to beat the Texans on Thursday. I think the Colts have the best shot at winning this division. Uh, and I, a lot of it is because of their schedule. Um, Like, after the Texans play the Colts, they have to play the Patriots. So if they don't win that game and they lose New England, all of a sudden they're in trouble. And I think Ryan mentioning that they might not make the playoffs isn't that crazy of a statement. And I will say the one thing, though, because, Ryan, you mentioned the Raiders, is the Texans do have the head-to-head tiebreaker over the Raiders, which is obviously a big one. And you know what? As crazy as this sounds, and it's probably because it's 1 a.m. Eastern time, I'm still not riding off the Browns. I think they still have a good shot at getting the sixth seed because, look, they close the season with the Dolphins, the Steelers, the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Ravens, the Bengals. Those are all winnable games, especially if Baltimore has everything wrapped up by Week 16 uh, and they're playing RG3 out there with uh,
0: that is. Someone who's about to write a clickbait article, playoff projections, and is talking himself into the Browns. The Browns are going
2: nine and seven best case. Uh, sorry, seven and nine best case.
1: You asked who has a shot at the playoffs, and I think the Browns are still in the conversation. I, I would take the Browns over the Titans or the Steelers, um, but I still think the Texans probably have the best shot at the sixth seed because they do have the head to head over the Raiders. But I, I, I would say the Browns are in the discussion based on their schedule.
0: I actually can see the, the Browns. The Browns will like get involved. I, I, I've been telling you guys they're going to make a playoff push. You say that about every single team that about, wins the game yeah. on
3: Sunday. Yeah, the <laughs> second one team looks good on Sunday, you could talk yourself into a playoff push, and then you backtrack saying, "No, I thought they're just going to make it interesting."
0: So, I said the Jets and the Steelers and the Browns would all make playoff pushes. Over three. The Steelers were the sixty seed coming into this week. Dumb, dumb. You bet on Mason Rudolph. I got though. dunked on. Boom. Oh. I had a helmet
2: swing swinging at you right now.
0: Um, yeah, and then you'd be suspended for the year. That sounds, sounds awesome. I might but, get a promotion. I, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Texans, by the way, have the Colts, Patriots, Broncos at home and then at Titans at Bucks and Titans at home again. So a little dicey there for the Texans. Uh, I don't disagree on the Browns. Uh, any thoughts on Nick Foles? Should, should they, uh, I feel like now you go to Gardner Minshew. What? I, I don't think they have ever- money.
2: You got to play him. That's the, that's the, that's what they're doing. And they didn't draft a quarterback because they signed Nick Foles stupidly, and and this is the bed they've made.
3: So what do you do? What do you do long term? Like, do you keep both of them? Trade balls? No, they the end up getting
2: fired. The front office and the coaching staff, and then the next crew has to come in and draft a quarterback.
3: What? Wait, you're adding another quarterback to the mix. Like, who is going to trade for Foles and take on that contract?
0: Oh, no can, one. Don't have to eat that. Ryan wants to hire Blake Bortles as the next coach.
2: No, but the reality is we had this conversation last spring why the Jaguars should draft a quarterback. And they went out and signed Nick Foles, who I don't think – I don't know if any of you thought it was a good idea, but I certainly no. did. Yeah. The contract's silly. He, he's only good for three or four games a year.
3: Why not just play Gardner Menchu and develop him?
2: Do well, I think sl- – because of the contract. That's that's the literally the only reason in my mind. I agree with
1: you. You mean you don't want to pay Nick Foles fifteen million dollars next season to sit on the
0: bench?
3: Right, I just gonna do no. something stupid.
0: We got lots of time to talk about this in the off season. All right, moving along to another game that's very exciting. The Falcons beat the Panthers twenty nine to three. I didn't I live in North Carolina. I usually have the Panthers game on for a good chunk about it because I got to talk about it on Monday. Didn't watch much of this one. This one was over fast. Kyle Allen was terrible. Do th- do a couple of really bad picks. Um, obviously, the Falcons covered his dogs one outright. The under forty nine hit. Asked about Kyle Allen. Ron Rivera said he's a good young football player and he's done some really good things for us. But today he got over well. What
2: Don- is the uh, sports talk conversation going to be about Kyle Allen and? in the charlotte area on monday morning
0: um uh, people will be freaking out i mean the panthers are basically dead now For the
2: but i mean in relation to you know two months ago it was cam newton has no business playing with kyle allen being awesome
0: i mean i'm just saying mac we gotta fire everybody david yeah. tepper has to clean house he needs to fire ron Rivera, fire marty herney Fire Kyle Allen. Fire Kyle Allen's mom while he's at it. Fire everybody. Just get everybody out of there and start over. And do not bring Cam Newton back to this team. He's the one who calls Kyle Allen to throw those interceptions. You know it's true, Mac. I'll hang up and listen.
3: (laughs) Princeton definitely calls in and uses that accent, too. Oh, my God.
0: Uh, uh, So my my buddy Zeke. Everybody knows Zeke. Um, Heard you
3: guys went to a bar once.
0: <laughs> so, you'll like the story about Zeke. He um, he lives oh. up in DC. Big Nats fan. Um, he grew up a Redskins fan too. It just happens with a lot of people in North Carolina, especially Eastern North Carolina. Um, and uh, he, uh, he, call, he he called he he called one oh six seven the fans so much and tried to like get on air that they they put his number on a blocked list. <laughs> How often
2: his- is he calling? That's the uh, DC CBS yeah. Sports radio station. CBS He's
0: radio up, up, like during like the junkies he'd be like. I just want to talk about why the nat- why we fired Davey Martinez. Damn it! <laughs> he
2: Does he have a day job?
0: He works <laughs> in the federal government.
2: Oh gosh, indictment of the federal government. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah.
3: You know what was interesting about this uh, Falcons game, not from the Panthers' per- perspective, but a week ago they went into that Saints game with I believe seven sacks on the season. They sacked Drew Brees six times, and then they come out uh, on Sunday and they sack Calhoun five times. And we were making a lot of fun of the whole rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic by giving coordinators different jobs. And I guess I was looking at the sideline graphic. I guess I honestly didn't pay that much attention to the changes because they seem like dumb changes that weren't going to make a difference. They have a, Defensive play caller now who calls the plays on first and second down, and they they have a separate coach who calls the plays on third down. Like, this doesn't seem efficient at all, but for whatever reason, the last two weeks, it has no business of working. It has actually kind of worked, um, and it has ensured that Dan Quinn probably won't get fired until January.
2: Somebody should send that game plan to uh, Jason Garrett and the Cowboys and just have a play caller for each down. Whatever it takes to keep him off the headset, that doesn't work already.
0: <laughs> Raheem Morris has had success as a defensive coach in this league. I mean, the, I know he wasn't as was great as a head coach in Tampa. He was very young there. Falcons um, had four interceptions against Cal Allen. They had two coming into today. The they had 11 sacks mm-hmm. the past two games, had seven previously. What are the chances that Dan Quinn keeps his job?
1: Uh, I'd say they go up 10% with each one of these wins. And and you know what? The thing we were talking about with the Falcons is that they're now 2-0 and in the division. Like, I don't think they're going to win anything, but if they keep winning division games... They have five division. Do they have...
0: They, they have four left. They have four left because they can play the Buccaneers twice, the Panthers once more, and the and the Saints once more.
1: If they sweep the division, I would say even if they go 4-2 and two in the division, there's no way he's getting fired. I don't care what their final record is. Because that's what they're going to point to. I don't think Arthur Blank wants to fire him. And if they show even uh, a semblance of life, he's going to stay. And that's what they've done the past two weeks. And the fact that they were so bad, Princeton. you talking about Rivera saying that Kyle Allen was overwhelmed. The Falcons defense, the only people they overwhelmed the first 10 weeks of the season was themselves. It was so ugly. They were so bad. And all of a sudden, the last two weeks, they have just completely transformed. And it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, Sean described the play-calling situation. They moved their wide receivers coach to the secondary. None of it makes sense. By all means, this team should have gotten blown out the last two games with that horrible, horrible – like, this plan should not have worked. But it has. And now here they are. It would not be surprising if they run off four more wins and, and sweep this division.
0: Yeah, if they keep being dogs, you should keep taking them. I mean, maybe this defense – also, it's like, what, where's this been? Why did you do this to start with, Dan Quinn? Like, wh- why was Raheem Morris coaching the offensive line or whatever, or the wide receivers or whatever the hell he's doing? He's a defensive guy. Um, Kyle Allen, four and oh, start of the year, 66% completion, 225 passing yards per game, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. Last four games, one and three, 59% completions, 255 passing yards, three and nine. They're asking him to do too much. And he's so just they're
2: back. five and five though, and I I wonder at what point do you try to kick the tires on Will Greer, their third round pick? I don't think you do it now because you're five and five and there's still hope, but much hope. The, a, what's that?
0: Not much hope. You get the Saints two more times. I mean, you're not dead yet, but like you're but if you're
2: like five and eight. Yeah. You have three games. You roll Will Greer out there, see what you have,
0: or or not? Yeah, probably should at some point. Um, Saints, speaking of those Saints, Saints Bucks, Saints 34, Bucks 17, the Saints covered easily. A pick six sealed the, uh, over at 50.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it didn't seal the game, it sealed the over.
0: Yeah, sealed the over and the Saints team total over. Thank you very much. Um, Asked about it after the game. Like Evan said, it's very frustrating. We've got the players. It's never been about the players since I've been here. It's just we've been very, very inconsistent. I don't know what we've got to do to overturn it. but We've got to do some things because this feeling is awful. I know uh, what you have to do. Get rid of Jameis.
1: Call Colin Kaepernick.
2: So uh this is a fun fact via NFL research. Jameis has 18 interceptions in his first 10 games this season, tying his career high for a single season. Winston's 18 interceptions are the most by a player through their team's first 10 games since, do you guys want to guess other than Sean? Sean's favorite player. Well, you can't ruin it by saying that. Jay Cutler.
0: Jay Cutler. Smoking Jay.
2: I didn't remember Jay being that bad, but in 2000. That
0: was his
3: first year in Chicago. Jay sucked. He, he loved <laughs> the league in picks that year.
2: My word, Jameis is not good. Just uh, the, the manner of interceptions is what's so frustrating.
0: They all look the same.
2: <laughs> well they he came up with a new way last week he dropped the fumble by throwing the ball when no one was near him and they picked it up, I think, did they return it
0: all the way to the house on I told uh, his offensive lineman hit him, I got shame. They did not. unless he was a ghost, I, he was one of the ghosts okay. that Sam Darnold yes. saw I got assaulted on Buck's Twitter Jitta Lane of ESPN quote tweeted it was like, I don't know what you can do like, Jameis did, gave you everything he could in this game. It's like, well, okay, what? whatever. I think she has a beef with you. She's called you out a few times.
1: Whoa, Brinson's got a beef on Twitter. That's the, not the newest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I was going to
3: say, one of 800.
0: That's called. A, a weatherman weather
3: down there also hates him.
0: Oh, yeah. The whole Suck city of T- chance, Tampa hates Bruce. Sunny with a chance of Jameis sucks. <laughs> uh,
3: you know, his have fallen flat tonight. Yeah. And it's,
0: it's it,
1: if you look at Jameis's, uh, Let's see, he threw four interceptions today, and if you look at just his past five games, if you just take his past five games, he has thrown 13 interceptions, which would rank second in the NFL, Wow. chopping off the rest of his season. Like, that is how bad his past five games. If you're Bruce Arians, I mean, all you're thinking at this point is, am I telling him five minutes after the season's over, or like, giving it 24 hours so I tell him we're not bringing him back? See, I you, just, can't, you can't bring him back.
0: I think you're going to bring him back. No, no, no way. Why not? Because you got to give him a new deal. I think he'll bring him, bring him back on a bridge deal or something. Two year deal. He's or... going to take a bridge deal? <laughs> well, what's he going to get on the market? A oh, Bears to I... Give him $40 million. <laughs> uh,
3: don't no. even, that's my biggest fear. Just stop. I, m- I might quit being a Bears fan for a year if Jameis Winston is the quarterback.
0: Look, I'm here for Brian Pace signing Jameis Winston. But...
3: No, no. Like, They're... that's too far. You can't wish that upon me. I would I... take Derek Carr. Over Jameis Winston. Oh, of course body. would. Who
0: would I? Yeah. Well, I want Bears <sighs> to sign Jameis Winston to a huge long-term deal that escalates with each year in terms of dead cap space.
2: You know what? Uh, it's too bad the trade deadline's over because the Bears could have given up all their 1st round picks for the rest of the decade. Actually, I guess yeah. the decade's almost. Uh, uh, they, right. have they have
3: zero. They <laughs> zero. Next decade. Yeah. For James. Uh, I will say. Oh, go ahead. I'll say this in defense of Jameis, his first interception, I don't know if you guys saw it, was not on him. It was the most hilarious drop pass you'll see from O.J. Howard where he, like, oh, dropped right. it and it fell on his back and he was, like, trying to catch it against his back and it popped up in the air again. And O.J. Howard pretty much got benched in the second half of that game. And it kind of just begs the question, if they're not going to use him, it, he's not been reliable this year. I'm not saying they are they should be using him more because um, they do have Cameron Brayton, who's far more reliable. They probably should have traded him and gotten some picks because this is a team that could use picks and could, you know, uh, a pick to take a quarterback, a pick to upgrade their defense, which has improved, but it still isn't very good. And I do wonder what a team like the Patriots would have thrown at them for O.J. Howard. Fourth-round
2: pick. O.J. Howard is terrible, and he has no excuse for being terrible. He's a first-round pick who has been a huge disappointment.
0: Patriots would have given him a second-round pick for O.J. Howard.
2: Zero percent chance.
0: He blocks his tail off. He'd be perfect in the Patriots system, and they would turn him into a stud.
2: Well, they well, should they have, should have traded
0: ball. him. Then. Yeah. I don't think the Bucks wanted to trade him. The Bucs can't trade all their former first-round picks, and they can't cut Jameis because it looks like they had a plan that went terribly. And they did have a plan that went terribly. The Dolphins did it. But with with a new, like, GM and a new coach, like, you can't just reboot if you're Tampa. I think they'll bridge deal Jameis if Bruce Arians is coming back and if Jason Eights are coming
2: yeah, and them and the Jaguars, who has a similar plan with their quarterback, are going to be terrible. How
0: I mean, about James Moore this offseason? The Bucs aren't doing anything this year. Uh The Saints did look awesome. 28-35, 228 pass yards and three touchdowns for Drew Brees. First game of the season with multiple pass touchdowns and no picks. Mm-hmm. Michael Thomas, eight catches, 114 yards and no a touchdown. 94 catches on the season for 1,141 yards. He has the most receptions in NFL history through the first 10 games of a season. He's been very good this year. And um, the Saints are back to being awesome. I think that Falcons game is sort of a fluke, an aberration, if you will. I will. Okay. Let's.
3: I see. will also. Can I say something real quick about Michael Thomas? Yeah. You've well, Brinson's made the case for Christian McCaffrey a lot for MVP. I think Breach put Dalvin Cook on his last one. Um, I, in my opinion, if there is a non non quarterback who deserves to be in the MVP race, I would say it's Michael Thomas. What about,
0: um, what about Mitchell Trubisky?
3: Well, he's a quarterback in theory. Oh, he's not. Allegedly. Oh, he's not. Allegedly.
0: Ironically, Sean dogs Josh Allen
3: for being a running back. I think they both suck. What? I'm not allowed to think they both suck. They don't.
2: compare One compared to the other.
3: They are both different levels of bad.
2: You would trade for
3: Josh Allen right now. Yeah, because he's younger and in theory could that still is. get better. I think the books, you know, Trubisky's done at this point.
0: Trubisky's still like 28 or something. I mean, he's very young. Trubisky? He's younger than 28. Okay.
3: He's so very he's young like and very terrible.
0: Old. He's like 12 months older than Baker Mayfield.
2: All right. What's the next game? I don't want to spend my evening talking about Trubisky.
3: You brought it up.
0: Bill Sean Dolphins, Bill's 37, Dolphins 20. Speaking of Josh Allen, a beat down in Miami. Bills cover the seven. The over easily hits 41 and a half. Um, what's that? Oh, <laughs> all right. Oh yeah. That's right. I'm being told we have a uh, urgent and breaking. Devontae Parker update. Oh, boy. Let's just go check the box score and see what Devontae Parker, my man, did. Ten targets, seven catches, 135. Can you feel it? He's the first Dolphins to have a wide receiver to have 100 receiving yards in a game this season. He walked down Sammy Watkins. Unless Senior Watkins has a big evening in Mexico on Monday, Devontae's going to be leading going into Week 12. How you feeling, boys?
2: Sammy needs to get up his
0: ass. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it sucks that we didn't bet anything like of consequence on this. I mean,
2: you would ask a 1,000 people, and one person would take Devontae Parker over Sammy Watkins. And Sammy Watkins... Continues to crap his pants week after week after that huge week one performance. Very disappointing,
0: Sammy. This is like this is like more enjoyable than the time I picked the Nats to win. I I wanted
3: to raise one technicality, which was I feel like we should include rushing yards because Sammy had a like in this race a run that matters. I think it was like fifteen yards. I mean, in Andy Reid's offense, he uses his, you know, he uses his running or his wide receivers in a variety of ways. I'm just saying we should use total yards from scrimmage and not just receiving yards because I feel like Sammy has has got a few. See, he has two rushes for 12 yards. I want those 12 yards.
1: As the neutral third party, I feel like I should be the arbitrator in this situation, and I think that's a reasonable
0: request. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. No, you don't get rushed ever.
1: Yeah, but I didn't take sides in this. That's why I feel it's
0: like I'm 11. good. week 11. You're
3: scratching up for 15 extra yards? I'm just going to be annoyed when they run a reverse with Sammy Watkins that goes 90 yards to the house.
2: I He's- actually sort of agree with Brenton. It's so – well, it's unbelievable that Sammy Watkins is this bad. I mean, what what are you doing? You play with Patrick Mahomes. Tyreek Hill was out forever, and your little hamstring hurts, and you can't play. And we're getting blasted by Devontae Parker. And two quarterbacks who have no business being in the league right now. This and, is, I,
3: and I'm begging for 12 rushing
0: yards. You're begging for 12 <laughs> yards. Yeah, that's it's a slap, slap up, in the face. It is a slap in the face. I mean, like, look, if this bet were for like $10,000 – then maybe you get on your like then you bring in like a, a blue ribbon panel of people to try and figure this rushing yard thing out. It's for nothing except pride. Just sucking up and dealing with I like it. I like by the way. Do I
3: I re- remember that big Sammy Watkins run. It was eleven yards because that's his long of a season.
0: <laughs>
2: the
3: season.
2: <great laughs> the great irony is if Sammy Watkins still played in Buffalo, he would have more yards. Because Josh Allen needs a go to receiver. Uh John Brown's been okay. Um they have uh Cole Beasley, who's a slot guy. Dawson Knox, the rookie tight end, but they need a big play receiver, and Sammy Watkins would be perfecto to keep the Mexico theme going. But uh, yeah,
0: he ain't. Gracias. John Brown's been great, by the way. Buenos dias. John Brown doesn't have a game this season without uh, for at least four catches.
3: He had four for seventy-six
0: today. Yeah.
3: Also to he slam dunk. He on.
0: had like one hundred and thirty receiving yards, right? He?
3: well, then Google's wrong.
0: Yeah, he had two touchdowns and, in, in fact, fun fact, boys, John Brown was the first Bills wide receiver to have a hundred receiving yards or more and two receiving touchdowns in a game since Sammy Watkins. That's right. In 2000. Yeah, he actually did that. Nice. 137 <laughs> yards and two touchdowns. That was the only, uh, only time, those only balls that Sammy Watkins caught all year that year.
2: <laughs> also to differentiate, um, J- Josh Allen from Mitch Trubisky. This is from the Bills PR. Josh Allen has now produced two touchdowns in six straight games, longest active streak in the NFL, Sean, and the longest by a Bills quarterback since Jim Kelly in 1991.
3: And how many times has he fumbled in that span?
2: You will find no such stats about Mitchell Trubisky.
0: Uh, By the way, Josh Brown, also the first Bills wide receiver since Eric Moulds in 2002. Remember Eric Moulds and Pierce Price? Sean wasn't even alive then. And
1: I got a Josh Allen stat too. To
0: have 10 straight games of 50 plus receiving yards or more the bills have scored 30 points in a game twice this season both against the dolphins so breach as you regalus with your josh allen stat how concerned are you buying or selling the bills as a playoff team
1: brinson i'm buying it i'm putting my life savings in the bills as a playoff team because they're going to the playoffs that's how confident i am uh they're in a spot where they're now what are they seven and three so you're looking at a one game lead over the Raiders. And if the Texans or Raiders slip up who both have much tougher schedules because they're in much tougher divisions, you know, besides the Patriots, there's nothing else going on in the AFC East that anybody has to worry about. And you look at the Bills, the end of their schedule, play the Broncos, Cowboys, Ravens, Steelers, Patriots, Jets. So that's not easy, but if they beat the Steelers, they beat the Jets, that gets them the nine wins and they steal one or two wins out of those other four games they get to 10. 10 games, probably going to get him in the wild card. Uh, so I feel pretty confident they're going to get there. And my Josh Allen stat is that he now has two tu- at least two touchdown passes and zero interceptions and in five consecutive games. And he joins Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, and Drew Brees, and Russell Wilson as the only quarterbacks to do that since 2011. Hmm. All big names. Very
0: cool stuff, Breach. Okay.
1: Oh, like that, Sagatel.
0: It's great. we were been talking for an hour and a half, and it's late at night. Jets, right, get it you. up. Let's go. All right, we're going. Jets and Redskins. <laughs>
4: right.
0: Did you say time to get it up? What did he say? Who? You. I said I'll keep it going. Oh, I said time to get it up. Let's go. I was like. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I hope
3: he didn't say that. Jets,
0: 34, Redskins, 17. The Jets, somehow the Redskins were favored in this game. And I was, like, worried that it was, like, a sign that the Jets might lose the game. That, that's just so stupid. The Jets should have been a lock the entire year. The over of thirty-seven and a half hit easily. That, I think I had that under, that that miss. Uh, damn, Sam, damn, Sarnold went nuts. Uh, <laughs> 30, 30 points. Have you called him that before? No. I'm that's pretty good. It.
2: I like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, and damn, Sarnold. Damn, Sarnold. And Crowder was asked about, uh, uh, James Crowder was asked about Sam Donald. He said, he's still developing. You definitely tell that he's starting to be a little more vocal, take ownership of the offense, which he should, as part of the development of a quarterback in this league. I'm just glad he's taking the right steps to become a great quarterback in this league. 19 of 30, 293 yards, four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, the four passing touchdowns a career high. Three passing touchdowns in the first half. Never done that before. And, uh, he had zero Games with at least three passing touchdowns this season. Jamal Adams, three sacks. Hello. Tie for most by a defensive back in a single game since sacks officially became a stat in what year, Sean? 1982. That's right. You were not born. You're impressed I got that, aren't you? And no. I'm not shocked. I, mean, I am impressed. Yeah. It was good work. Um, I was one when that happened. Uh Le'Veon Bell, eight carries, 59 yards and a touchdown. Back-to-back games now with a rushing touchdown. Still has not rushed for 100-plus yards in a game this season. Dwayne Haskins, 19 of 35, 214 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. And an awkward situation with his offensive line on the sidelines. Did you guys see that? I thought he was trying to be helpful. I'm sure he was, but they just (laughs) – those dudes were checked out. They're like, listen, son. Not <laughs> our job to help you develop. We are cashing a check and getting out of here.
2: I'm um, sort of related to that. Uh, Bill Callahan, run the ball no matter what. It's his mantra after the game. He um, told the media, I don't see any quitting in the locker room from our players. And Tom Blavaro, who is a D.C. area writer, I think he's with the Washington Times now, uh, tweeted this out. He should turn around and look in the stands. Riskins fans have been quitting in droves.
0: Apparently, this was a huge chant for sell the team, sell the team in the middle of the fourth quarter. Except,
3: well, the, except they said there weren't enough fans there to keep it going. Oh, gosh.
2: Jason LaConfora, who we know quite well. When's he on the show, Brinson?
0: Monday? on the show today.
2: We should ask him about this tweet, which I thought was pretty funny. Skins are about to drop ninth straight at home, dating back to last October. They haven't scored more than 21 at home in over a year. Another blowout loss, but at least they've got that winning culture. I'm trying That's to find depressing. something. Yeah,
3: this was a this was a classic Redskins, like the amount of dumb mistakes they made or like more dumb mistakes than playoff teams make. They had a roughing the kicker when the Jets made a field goal. And the Jets turned that into a touchdown. Uh, Haskins actually made an incredible play in the second quarter where he stepped up in the pocket, bought time, and threw a 50-yard pass in the air to McLaurin. And it was just an incredible play. It was negated by a holding penalty. And then to make matters worse, after the holding penalty, the offensive lineman took off his helmet on the field. So they added another 15 yards uh, in addition to the holding penalty. Um, the Redskins did score a touchdown. That was their first touchdown in 17 quarters. Wow.
0: Uh, by the
2: way, there's good news on that on that stat. The last streak that Sean's talking about, that was a long spending team was a 2000 Ravens. They went 21 quarters, 2000 Ravens. They won the Super Bowl. So things are looking at John. Did the Redskins have a chance in your standings to, to make a run here? Uh,
1: the Redskins do not. But Sean did leave out one thing. They also messed up, which was a 29 yard field goal. Uh, it is pretty difficult to miss field goal from 29 yards. But the Redskins managed to do it.
0: That is, that is difficult to do. Might to he missed it. Board. He missed it completely too. Might need to check my boy Greg Rosenthal and see what if he tweeted about the time of this game. Does anybody know how long this game was?
2: Uh, for me, it was about 12 minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you know that, I mean, Bill Callahan has three straight games of under two hours and 45 minutes. I don't think this was under because Adam Gase had to run up the score, so. Well, I guess, he, I mean, that's something to consider. If you're going to consider continue
2: with um, Bruce Allen and Daniel Snyder as the owner, obviously, at least hire a coach who won't put the fans through maximum pain. Make it two hours and 30 minutes. They can get out of there. Get on with the rest of their Sunday afternoon.
3: They're like trying to run the clock out in the season, and they're very efficient about it. The
0: time of this game was three hours and 16 minutes. No, too long. Far too long. Too long for that. That's why.
3: That's why the, the chance started. They were like, "This game's supposed to be over by now."
0: Yeah, that's uh, just uh, um,
1: uh, That twenty-nine-yard field goal, only the second one missed all season uh, by kickers in the NFL, and the other guy was Adam Vinatieri.
2: We need to come up with a some nickname for breach when he starts typing furiously and we can't see him, and he just pops his head up and comes up with a fun fact. Kicker hmm. fun facts are the funnest.
0: So the Redskins are now one and nine. Oh, by the way,
2: if they had won that game, and as you point out, they were favored, then, um, the Giants would have moved to the second
0: overall pick. This is why we have you around, man. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and if the Bengals had won, Don't say the it Bengals didn't. would have been one and nine. <laughs> that's, just, that's the best joke I've heard you ever say.
2: They would have <laughs> actually dropped to the third pick, I think,
0: John. So you were that close. Speaking of the Bengals. One more game to get to. That's right. We've moved the Bengals back to last. Isn't it, isn't it beautiful when a plan comes together? Like we spent the whole preseason and the start of the regular season joking. We put the Bengals last, be like, let's start with the worst team in football. But it turns out the Bengals are the worst team in football. And John, I am pleased to announce for the first time in the 2019 season, one team Has been eliminated from the playoffs. It was eleven, and that team is the Cincinnati Bengals. It's impossible to be
1: eliminated in Week Eleven. Let me just tell you how hard it is. There have only been, I think, four teams. Nobody's been eliminated earlier since the divisions were realigned in two thousand two. This is so this tied the earliest that any team's ever been eliminated. That's how bad the Bengals are. Brinson, your boy Ryan Finley's a joke. They just need to unbench Andy Dalton put him back letting him finish the season because they're doing nothing with Ryan Finley if they had any competence at quarterback they would have won this game which is even shocking to say Princeton shaking his head like that's not the truth uh but this I actually was watched a lot
2: of this game John the Bengals could have won this game yeah the Raiders it, were not
1: good if Andy Dalton there. was the quarterback in this game they would have won it uh but you know what? It's OK. Like I've been saying all week, every Bengals game somehow turns into entertaining, even though they're trash. I can sit through all four quarters. Maybe that's actually a bad thing that I sit and watch all four quarters. It's it's almost torture. But then at the end, you're like, they might win this, but then they don't win it. And so here we are. I'll, I'm just rooting for the number one pick at this point. It doesn't even matter. And you know what? The Raiders just did enough to win like. Well, if you want to be a playoff team, especially when you're just kind of John been they weren't good last year. And when you're trying to make that jump to becoming a playoff team, you have to beat bad teams. It doesn't matter how dumb it looks. They did it here. They beat a bad team. It wasn't pretty. Uh, and Derek Carr was almost perfect.
4: Yeah,
0: I will. I will point out this by uh, the way. Before before you get to your thing, I just want to note that um, nothing cracks me up quite like the idea of John like slugging through this brutal four hours of Bengals getting knocked around by the Raiders to sort of toying with them, maybe let them get back in. And then about like three quarters of the way through, they're like, hey, boys, check out this great NC State graphic. (laughs)
1: He's
0: just like, what is, am I being trolled?
1: And you you know what's funny about Brinson always bringing up the Bengals last to me? You guys know at the end of the Jimmy Kimmel show when he's like, Oh, we were going to have Matt Damon on, but we didn't have enough time tonight. That's what the Bengals have turned into. And I'll end with a fun fact and stop talking about this game. The Bengals have covered every game they've played on the West Coast for the past 10 years.
2: Uh, The Bengals are 0-10 as we know. They're out of the playoffs as we know. (laughs) Next next week is their Super Bowl, and they may beat the Steelers.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Ryan's already worried, you can tell.
2: Not worried. (laughs) You can never worry when Mason Rudolph's your quarterback, Sean.
3: <laughs> I'm not watching. That, that's not a primetime game, thank God, right?
2: No. No, but the Bengals actually had they played pretty well in this game, and my big question was why was Derek Carr taking so many sacks when their Bengals defense is dog doo-doo? Um, that was one takeaway.
0: Gino Atkins played hard. Sam Hubbard played hard. I mean, the, the, the Bengals all played really hard, and, like, Joe Mixon ran well. Joe Mixon had, uh, I think it was 75 family members because he's from around yeah. there. We're at the game, and he scored the first touchdown in the first, uh, scored a touchdown in the first quarter. Josh Jacobs was pretty good, but he fumbled in the red zone. That was a big problem. Um, Finley, Finley 13- Josh
2: Jacobs, I will point out once again, I say it every week, Mike Mayock and John Gruden hit a grand slam with this draft. Max Crosby had three sacks today, I think, the fourth-round pick. Four sacks, John's telling me. Klee Farrell had a – I think he knocked on a pass. He's still not sacking anybody, but you can take what you can get. You mentioned Josh Jacobs. Hunter Renfro, Brenton's younger brother, is tearing it up. He's killed. Um, Foster Moreau caught a touchdown, the tight end. So, I mean, we made fun of this the, this, uh, the whole group. Everyone I, associated with the
3: Raiders. I America. hate to be this guy because the draft class is good. But imagine this defense if they had drafted Josh Allen instead.
2: No, uh, it's fair the, to be that guy. That's a fair
0: question.
3: And a lot of people had Josh Allen rated you know, as that second-best pass rusher behind. Everybody but a, one person did. Yeah. Well,
0: they, I mean, look – they're also hurt. They're banged up. They lost Fontes. I mean, like they, they lost a bunch of guys. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't. I. I I'm I'd, just saying that the Josh Needle's,
3: Allen on this defense.
0: Needle's pointing up for the Raiders, and and it's very encouraging if you hired Mike Mayock and he's doing this in his first year. Um, Derek Carr, 25 of 29 for 292 yards, one touchdown, one pick. So he averaged over 10 yards per passing attempt. I swear to God, he didn't throw it 10 yards down the field once. It does not
2: look like that. If you told me that he put up Ryan Filling numbers, I'd be like, yeah, I believe that.
0: Every he, game I watch, I watch him play. And I'm like, yeah, hey, he probably averaged like seven yards per attempt. And every game I look, it's like 9.8. I'm like, how?
3: how? Yeah, he's averaging a career high yards per attempt. But if you look at his air yards on next gen stats, I think they're roughly in line just as career averages. He's turning into Kirk
1: Cousins. And you know what? It's fine because we talked about this. A couple weeks ago when I was kind of knocking Derek Carr, and I think Ryan said, well, he's playing within Gruden's system, but Gruden does want him to take shots downfield sometimes. He just doesn't do it, and I think they'll deal with it fine right now because they move the ball. But when you start getting in the playoffs, teams are going to take away his little dink and dunks, and he's going to have to throw down the field to win. And if he can't do it, they're not going to win. So uh, he's going to have to figure out how to throw the ball downfield at some point.
0: I think so. All right. (laughs) That's uh that's it for us I think right all the games. Ryan, what are your thoughts on the new uh Star Wars show that's uh premiering?
2: I don't have Disney Plus Plus. I'm not paying 80 dollars to watch one show that I'm not sure is even really good.
0: Exactly my thoughts. All right, make sure to uh, join our Facebook group, go to facebook.com search for Pick 6 podcast. It's a uh, private exclusive. Uh, the moderator lets you in subscribe rate and review thanks as always for listening great show boys we'll talk to you tomorrow
4: okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road any road the steeper the better